Warning, the following show doesn't represent the opinion of CIDL, its employees, or the local clown college. Hey there, Canada. I'm David Fitzgerald. Hi, I'm Rachel Nannan Brown. Hello, I'm Dr. Richard Carrier. I'm Peter Bogosian. Hi, I'm Damian Gillis. Hi, this is Jeff D. Hey, this is David Smalley. Hi, this is Wanda Morris. Hi, I'm Christopher DiCarlo. I'm Dr. Daryl Ray. Hi, I'm R.N. Raw, and I took a left at the valley. And the party was really good. I woke up this morning, had a burning deep inside. When you're feeling It's all a big lie I feel the pain There's hunger and despair Talk the rhetoric of your teaching Time for us to share Out of the mysterious crypt that is the main studio of CIVL 101.7 FM, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin and you are stuck with me as your host. This is a show about positive atheism, skeptical thinking and secular humanism. Joining me as usual is our time waits for no one friend Nancy. Hello everybody, welcome to our show. I'll teach you German even if it kills you friend Martina. Hi to the crypt keeper. <laughs> and our very bright friend Tyler who uses scientists instead of mice for his experiment. Hey, how's it going? Guys, welcome. I hope you guys had a nice week. So far, so good. Yeah, we had some lovely weather that made it even nicer. Yeah, I, I, I gotta start pointing out, but uh, our friend today, the Reformer, is not with us, but it is his birthday. Happy so, birthday. happy birthday. I know he's listening somewhere. He better be. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday, Alistair. I also wanted to point out a little mistake that we made during the last broadcast, which was a really good broadcast, by the way. Uh, a little decimal error. Oh, it was a decimating decimal error. <laughs> and another reminder that, yes, I am not perfect. What I did, and what? I Yeah, I know, it comes as a shock every time. <laughs> what happened was I diligently wrote down, as you know, I'm a wonderful researcher. <clears throat> yes, you Dilig are. Yes, d diligently wrote down the number of uh, homeless in Canada every night, which was 30,000, a significant number. But when I wrote it in my left-handed, awkward way... See, I told you left-handed people yeah, are dangerous. Yeah, I know, I stuck in an extra zero, <laughs> and, and when I read it, it went over my head, and it came out 300,000. <laughs> so, that's okay, that's Oh, my deal. goodness, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, a, a significant n number that uh, shouldn't have existed in the... It should be a zero anyway, but to put 300,000 rather than 30,000... Please forgive me. I will we'll never do we'll it again. We'll forgive you, dude. That's not a, no, that's not a big problem. <laughs> See, it's, it's a bit like business, right? Uh, mistakes do happen. Even in the world of business, the same thing. It's how you tackle the, the mistake as a company, in this case, as this show, that makes the difference, see if you're honest or not. Uh, if this was a show like a uh, conservative radio talk show, I'm not going to name anybody, <laughs> Rush Limbaugh in the States, you know, he would just keep going at it he'd repeat the same mistake he would just exaggerate and you know we have integrity so we apologize for our listeners for that decimal mistake well and uh, another thing to point out is that it might be just you know 30,000 a night but it, it's over 200,000 a year yeah there that, we go that's true yeah that's true so anyway on with the show Nancy you ready I am ready a mistake free one and no decimals this week I'm ready to go <laughs> okay <laughs> Here we go on this day in history, 
which, as I hope you know at this point, is a roundup of those events and individuals that altered and illuminated the days between April the 4th to April the 10th. So going back to April the 4th, this is a real retro day. It's Lava Lamp Day. Is Ooh, anybody, we can, need one of those in the studio. Yeah. Did any of you go back to uh, turning the lights out, putting the lava lamp sound and dancing to the lava lamp? <laughs> the lights of the lava lamp? <laughs> a little too retro for everybody. Um, April 4th, 1975, Microsoft was founded. And it was a partnership between Bill Gates and Paul Allen. And the first year, they made a very modest $16,000 on the software. And now that $16,000 is now close to $100 billion. Uh-oh, decimal, but no, that's correct. <laughs> We're good. Okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Okay. Um, also on April 4th, we have a sad uh, day in 1968. It was when civil rights leader Martin Luther King was shot and killed by a sniper in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, as most of us know, he was the head of the Southern Leadership Conference and championed nonviolence, resistance to end racial oppression. And I guess he's best remembered for the I Have a Dream speech. Every time I hear it, I just get chills up and down. It's such a Anything he yes. delivered was just magnificent. Also delivered one of the best lines in my life, which I thought was, in the end, it is not the criticism of our enemies we'll remember, but the silence of our friends. Oh, yes. And I thought, wow, that hits you like a, it, like a brick. It does. One of, one of the speeches that he, uh, actually was a letter, the letter from the Birmingham jail, when he had absolutely nothing except a pence. He had no resources. He had nothing to base it on except the newsprint that was given to him every day, and he wrote this magnificent, uh, magnificent letter. It was fantastic. Anyway, he was, um, of course, a, a major, major actor in the establishing the Civil Rights Act of 1964. And just as a small aside, at that point, I was a member of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and I was always very proud of that really? membership. Yep, absolutely. You um, were once almost a Christian? I was. <laughs> in terms of marching for civil rights, yes, okay. sir, and proud of it. <laughs> She's a complicated woman. The I'm things a you learn. Very complicated woman. <laughs> April the 6th. Oh, by the way, when I was in Southern Christian Leadership Conference, I was also a member of the Unitarian Universalist Church. Pretty good for a nice little Jewish girl, right? (laughs) (laughs) All over the place. All over the place. She always surprises us. That's right. April the 6th. um, And I did this as a little gift to the Reformed. April the 6th was Tartan Day in Canada and the U.S. Hooray! (laughs) And Tartan Day is a celebration of Scottish heritage and it's the date on which the Declaration of Arbroath was signed in 1320, which is the Declaration of Scottish Independence. Um, Also, Scots are independent now! (laughs) Good day for whiskey. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. In uh, 648 B.C., that was the earliest total solar eclipse chronicled by the Greeks. And in 1889, sometimes a date is just kind of fun because of the juxtaposition or the interesting things that happen. So in on April the 6th, in 1889, the Kodak camera was placed on sale by George Eastman. And in 1930... 
Hostess Twinkies came into being. That's a dark day in history right there, Hostess Twinkie. Yeah, yeah so I, That stuff will kill you. That, it will, but you could take a picture of it. with the brown. Yeah, you could take a picture of it 200 years later, it'll still That's look right. the same. <laughs> look exactly the same. Absolutely. Um, April the 7th was a happy birthday to our glorious leader and the host of our show, what? Kevin. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. So you're, what, 23 now or something like that? With several, several years of experience. It was a special day of worship. It, <laughs> it was, and there was worship all over Facebook. Some really nice happy birthday. So happy birthday, and yes, we're looking forward. To, thank you to all the well wishers. Oh, and wishes. We're looking forward to another another year of, of uh, your being our yeah, yeah. our glorious host. CIVL doesn't kill me first or something. Like that. <laughs> And then April, the, no, you'll still be here. <laughs> April the 8th through the 10th. This is kind of a weird one. I don't know whether Tyler has any information on this. But April the 8th to the 10th is the Feast of the Three Days of the Writing of the Book of the Law. And it, it, it was the, uh, the Book of the Law in the Thelemic religion. And those three days are commemorative of the three days in 1904, during which... Alistair Crowley wrote the Book of the Law. He wrote one chapter a day, and he's a very interesting man. And one of the things that drew me to this um, for my little segment was the way Alistair Crowley was described. Take a deep breath. He was described as a hedonistic, self-absorbed, occult, infatuated, Victorian, English intellectual, and an occult leader, heroin addict, sexual adventurer, misogynist, and visionary. Oh my God! Sounds Get us like, some oxygen now. <laughs> yes. and Sounds you like think a guy I'm you want to party with. <laughs> Jeez, why did he really tell us how you feel about him? Yeah, Alistair. I mean, um, Tyler, did, is Alistair Crowley somewhere on your radar? Not that I can think. I'll have to look that one up. Yeah. Not until he has his cup of coffee. Yeah. Several bio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Several biographies were written, and the best one is uh, by Lawrence Sutton. And the name of that book is Do What Thou Wilt the Best. So hopefully uh, this will be a, a, a little reminder that there are a lot of unknown, unknown books and unknown people out there that are worth researching. So maybe someone will read the book and be the better for it. And we're, we're happy to give you that, that suggestion. And that, dear listeners, brings to a close another passing parade of interesting, mundane, unusual and occasionally bizarre events and people that make up this day in history. Thank you, Nancy. And uh, there was no decimal in, the, in that bit either. <laughs> no decimal. <laughs> uh, oh, goodness. Uh, we're going to have a great show today. We're actually going to have uh, Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason podcast. So actually what we're going to do right now is I'm actually going to go to commercial and uh, we'll have him call in and we'll be right back right after this. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Centre. Please visit our website for more details at bchumanist.ca. <laughs> You are listening to CIVL 101.7 FM at the University of the Fraser Valley's Abbotsford campus, serving the surrounding communities of Abbotsford Mission and Chilliwack, British Columbia. 
email us at info at civl.ca. Follow us on Facebook. Click like on CIVL Radio. Follow CIVL on Twitter at CIVL underscore radio. Here's an excerpt from Powerless No Longer by Peter W. Soderman. One night in late August 1990, I was sitting in my living room continuing a normal evening of drinking after the mosquitoes drove me inside. I was making up stories in my head about adventures that would never happen when my 15-year-old daughter appeared out of nowhere. She stood 10 feet in front of me, fiddling with a piece of paper in her hand. Dad, she said with a tremor in her voice, what did you think of the poem I read for you on the deck? You said you wanted to think about it for a while. What poem? I couldn't remember even seeing her earlier, let alone any poem. Thrusting the paper towards me, she said, this poem, Dad, I've been working on it for days. I looked towards the floor and muttered something, hoping it was appropriate. I can't remember what I said. When our eyes met, I watched her expression change from hurt to anger, then from anger to disgust. I saw myself reflected in her eyes as we both realized at the same instant that I was a complete fraud. She crumpled the paper into a ball and tossed it onto the rug. Her hair swirled as she spun on her heel and ran from the room. I forgot the poem, but I still remember her sobs. I looked around the room as if seeing it for the first time and realized this was coming to an end and damn soon. We were living off sales from two years ago and the pipeline was empty. I was a liar, a cheat, and a phony, and one of the few around me who didn't realize it. If the world would stop, I thought, I could get myself together and begin to make things right. I tried hard not to drink anymore that evening, but the glass magically continued to fill itself. When the pendulum clock on the wall bonged 1 a.m., I stumbled up the stairs, undressed, and fell into bed. As the room began to spin, I felt absolute panic. I knew I couldn't face life without alcohol to kill the pain. Yet, I knew I would die if I continued to drink. Powerless No Longer, Reprogramming Your Addictive Behavior by Peter W. Soderman is now available at atheistaudiobooks.com. And we're back. I like the little song. Nobody's dancing, just me. Jeez. Internally, internally. <laughs> I need coffee first. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, our next guest. Let me get the intro here. Our guest is a PhD from the University of Manitoba, studying the effects of blood glucose on stroke. From there, he became a research council officer at the National Research Council of Canada. That's pretty cool. Huh? As a response to atheist skeptic issues, um, he created the Legion of Region Diversion. Interest in the podcast includes physician-assisted dying, access, of course, ending publicly funded sectarian school system. We love this guy already. Oh, yeah. Pseudoscience presented as fact and recently pushing back against the regressive left activism. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Hey, Randy. Unfortunately, on phone and not Skype. Uh, Skype would have been a much better uh, medium. But uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to be on 
uh, talking any time that I'm not doing the editing. Yeah, I wasn't even done that intro. Jeez, for some reason it's not playing. Where's it play? Where's it? There we go. He's a snappy dresser, a snazzy dancer. Please welcome from the Legion of Reason Diversion, Dr. Randy Tyson. Oh, <laughs> Hello yeah, again, Randy. <laughs> yeah, hi. Welcome to our show. We're so Hello. happy to have you. See, they just they just love you here. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely have a full packed uh, audience there. Oh yeah, totally, totally. So, Randy, tell us a bit about yourself for some of our listeners that might not be aware well, about you. Well, it, it, not much different than, than what you've already said. Uh, you know, I've been doing science all my life, and but I've always been an atheist as well. And it, you know, when I, you know, you watch the news and and you start adding things up uh, with the crossover between religion and public policy, it, it's it starts to look really awful. And even in Canada, I mean, I know the United States has it much worse, but we're up here, it's apparent as well. And I decided to get out there and, you know, well, if not do something about it, at least at least let other people know by creating this podcast. Um, the very first uh, subject of matter I ever took up on, it, this angered me greatly, it was a, a CTV uh, piece on something called Namudrapad's uh, Allergy Elimination Technique, which is w- w- basically what they do is they determine how you're, you're allergic to something. This is a naturopathy oh, by you know, getting you to hold a vial. And they do that, you know, that strength trick. You hold your arm out and they push down. And they determine from that what you're allergic to, which, of course, is automatically ridiculous. <laughs> and from there, they pack this stuff around you. And so by being uh, exposed to these so-called frequencies or energies, whatever they, the buzzword is of the day, that you would be uh, cured of your allergy. And not only was this piece completely credulous, there was not a single member of the mainstream medical community uh, that was interviewed on this. Hmm. And th- that just sent me, you know, sent my uh, blood pressure skyrocketing, and that's, that was the impetus for, for creating the podcast. I thought it was a homeopathy thing, the, the whole, you know, hold the product up, and if Matters. you re- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, this was a naturopath that was doing it. Uh, no, it wouldn't be a, a homeopathy thing. It, it, this is more of a naturopathy thing. But uh, nary a difference, really. I mean, neither one is effective or has ever shown any efficacy in, in double-blinded or, or triple-blinded controlled uh, trials. Okay, and now the Legion of Reason has got a legion of followers? <laughs> I hope so. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. I hope of course, we know. We know, right? <laughs> yep. And uh, you, yep. you so guys we're, have... We're dealing mostly with the West as much Western Canadian issues as possible, because I think that's underrepresented in the podcast community, though there's a few more that, that have popped up since, like Brainstorm. Cool. Um, so it, it's, there's no shortage of this stuff that goes on uh, in Western Canada. We have a homeopathy dispensary. It used to be here. Have you ever heard of Mosey Q? No. Oh, yes. It, you have? It's a, yep. an edible homeopathic <laughs> insect repellent. What? Yeah. yeah, and now guess yeah. if it works. <laughs> it, doesn't. It, it doesn't work. Um, uh, Marketplace did a thing on this, and they, they actually beat me to the punch uh, to you know basically do the mosquito experiment. How, stick your arm in it. You know, like the old off commercials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you would stick your arm in there and see off working. Of course, it works because it, it has deed in it, which is an effective an- insect repellent. Uh, but I, w- I wanted to do this with... Mosey Q and unfortunately Marketplace, the CBC's Marketplace beat me to it, and they did a great job. Uh, I have to admit, and yeah, they, this poor woman uh, uh, journalist was getting uh, her arm bitten off by mosquitoes. Uh, <laughs> either way.
Well, anybody willing to stick their arm in a cage full of mosquitoes deserves yeah, it, I you're, think. You're, you're, <laughs> you're taking one for the team, kind of, you know, sacrificing your body for science. Oh <laughs> uh, Well, thank you so much for being with us, Randy, and you're sticking yeah, with you. us for the rest of the show. So I've got some great, interesting uh, news, uh, religious news stories. So this is... Oh, those are my favorite. Oh, yeah. Another brilliant moment brought to you by religion. All right. In the wacky world of religion, we got some uh, more local news this week. The um, founder producer behind a popular St. Paul's fundraising gala, you know St. Paul's Hospital in uh, Vancouver? Vancouver, sure. Randy, you might not be familiar with that. Mm, nope, not this one, no. Yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hospitals in the uh, BC region that are still... Uh, oh, the, the same here, in Alberta. Okay, perfect. And um, I, actually, the uh, this uh, fundraising fellow has uh, resigned because apparently he was told to tone down the show's LGBTQ presence. Until a few weeks ago, Dean Thulmer, I hope I pronounced that right, was the producer of Brilliant, an event that over three years has raised $2 million for HIV and AIDS, mental health and addiction program at St. Paul's Hospital. Thulmer, who is living with HIV and AIDS himself, was once a patient at St. Paul's. Um, said he first heard about the push to remove any mention of representation of the LGBTQ or same-sex relationship from the show from an employee of the St. Paul's Hospital Foundation last summer. He said he was upset, but decided to press on with a show which relies on the talent of hundreds of Vancouver designers, makeup artists, musicians, hairstylists, etc., etc. Of course, there's going to be some some of them in there that are gay, right? Um, in the event that uh, that show, oh, sorry, the uh, uh, the end, the show raised 1.5 million for mental health and addiction. HIV and AIDS has been removed from the equation by uh, SPHF, the St. Paul Hospital Foundation, in 2014. He decided to quit last month after he was told by the St. Paul Hospital. Uh, representative that he had to remove the LGBT references from Brilliant and the show, usually held in the fall. Um, yeah, it goes on, it goes on. Any Why? thoughts on the subject? Why? Why? I didn't want to call it fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> Points for Randy right off the bat. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, you know, because it's Catholic, you know, you got to tone down the gay, right? And you know, it's, it's, I, it's. I don't understand because this guy is raising millions of dollars for your hospital, right? And you tell him, you know, when you when you're that successful. I mean, if it was 1954, you could understand it, but you know, 2016. Well, it was still wrong I, in 1954. Yeah, oh, I know, but I mean, you could. It, it would have been, you know, uh, under the table and all that kind of stuff. But here, it's just. Uh, uh, it's unbelievable. And Vancouver, of all places. In, ba- in Vancouver, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am, like I said, you know, if a guy is this successful at raising money for your hospital, what you tell him is, what else do you need? You know, you don't exactly. you don't shackle him down. It's what else do you need, right? So you can raise more money. The confusing thing is that the Catholics tend to be, you know, pretty decent with science as opposed to a lot of other groups. They, they accept the Big Bang, the evolution, but they're not budging on the gay thing, eh? <laughs> no, no, apparently they're not budging on the gay thing. No. Randy, any thoughts on the subject? Sorry? <laughs> I, said, Sorry any th- I just was playing with the headphones and I was listening that there's a huge delay, so I'm, uh, yeah, I can't use them. Too bad. No, no, uh, yeah, you, you can't you can't use the yeah. uh, the feed there. You have to go by what's on the phone. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah, it's, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, uh, the bathwater being the money, right? It, or actually the baby being the money. It's... It, yeah, what can you say, right? <laughs> you just shake your head at it, right? 
I've got a lot to say about this later, but yeah. Okay, okay. Not, not this particular story. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, well, here, let's go to another story. Um, did you guys hear about, this is uh, from American friends, of course, in the States. Did you guys hear that the state of Mississippi just passed a bill which will grant churches equal protection from acts of violence? Now, the Mississippi House Bill 786, which is called the Mississippi Church Protection Act, legalizes killing people while acting as a participant of a church or place of worship. Now, this is serious. Now, in, in other words, according to the bill, it proposes to amend Section 97-3-15, Mississippi Code of 1972, to provide that killing a person while acting as a participant of a church or place of worship security team is justifiable homicide. In other words, the church just got their own private police, and they can kill. Licensed to kill? That's right. It, it, it absolutely is. I think a related story that I, I was listening to the radio, and they had an interview with uh, one of the pastors in Mississippi where he said he's he's just going to allow everybody to be armed to come in to the church. He's going to have a, a, a special squad that are going to be trained to use their guns but he says that's protection because the reality is that it's a dangerous world out there and the church is no exception so everybody's going to be carrying in the pews i can't <laughs> unbelievable yeah that, that's one one quick way trip to uh, see if uh, god is actually true or not right being the pews armed to your teeth um i'll keep going here i was looking for my james bond uh, <laughs> drop because he said license to kill but i can't find it right now Um, so the bill passed the Mississippi House in February, and on one, well, last Wednesday, the Senate approved it, making it uh, one minor amendment. It is now scheduled to go back to the House, where it will find its way to the governor's desk. This bill legalizes, recogn- uh, sorry, this bill legally recognizes actual soldiers of Christ, and grants them the power to kill. What's more, there is no justification for granting churches extra right uh, that other citizens do not have. By passing this bill, the state of Mississippi effectively recognizes churches as their own sovereign entities. Many states that are tax-free and immune from their acts of violence carried out out of their official duties. The Mississippi Church of Protection Act is a well-deserving of the title for worst state bill. This justification would put soldiers of God above the law, allowing them to act as judge, jury, and executioner, said Larry T. Decker, executive director of the Secular Coalition for America. Religious institutions are already exempt from taxation, financial transparency, and many civil rights. The Mississippi Church Protection Act would constitute an unprecedented and dangerous next step. Belonging to a church should not afford anyone the same right and protection as law enforcement. This legislation emboldened extremists by creating a legal means for radical preachers to enlist their congregate into, quote-unquote, God's army. But the governor hasn't signed it yet, has he? Um, I don't know. As as this, uh, I was I was writing this down. This article that was uh, on April seventh. So no, he hasn't signed it yet. Do you think he's going to sign it, or do you think just having the law uh, brought to the forefront is is enough, and he's going to stop short of actually making it a law? This is Mississippi we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know? yeah. Back the, to the dark ages, crusades, and all. Yeah, I mean, uh, well. What can possibly go wrong? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> everything. Uh, well, I mean, Mississippi. We we all know that Mississippi is a great state. There is like 
plentiful employment, uh, riches all over the place. There is very little welfare or uh, everybody's super well educated. I mean, this is has one of their biggest problems, isn't it? Sure. <laughs> between, Sarcasm here. Between Georgia, North Carolina, and Mississippi, I think they're they're starting to march back into the dark ages as fast as their little feet will take them. Yeah, the license to kill. I love it. Uh, I think we shouldn't be really worried until there are churches called things like uh, uh, Church of the Immaculate Gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in the States, that's probably not too Wait, far. Wait, don't actually. give them ideas, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, you're, you're a former American. What do you think? How far is that? Church yeah. of the Immaculate Gun. I, Blessed be bullets. I, it's, I'm speechless because I think that the next T-shirt is going to be the Church of the Immaculate Gun, and it's going to be worn all over the South. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to get a shirt with Jesus, and he's got AK-47. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Jesus would have an AR-15. <laughs> AK-47, are you kidding? That's a Russian weapon. They're not going to have that. Oh, yeah, evil atheist communists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excellent. Thank you so much for that, guys, and... Uh, We'll go in commercial, and after that, right, that we'll concentrate on Randy and his Legion of Reason podcast. Randy, you good with that? Great. Okay. Couldn't hear with the James Bond music there. Is the James Bond music too loud? We'll be right back right after this. Tired of being misunderstood or misrepresented? As a public service, the crew from Left at the Valley proudly presents Know Your Fallacies with Mark Cunningham. Good evening. I've taken time out of my busy schedule to briefly explain to you, the free thinker, the finer points of logical fallacies. With some practice, attention to detail, and of course, my guidance, you too will easily disarm any gore-bellied, gut-gripping giglet who dares cross linguistic blades with you. Today, let's look at the other attack a roguish gut would use, the appeal to nature. Although we seem to live in some kind of artificial construct, it's good to remind ourselves that we are part of nature. But, that said, this can bias our thinking. Not all naturalness is intrinsically good. This product is made from all-natural, organic, fair-trade Solanacea plant. It's bound to be good for me. Unfortunately for our misinformed, tottering pumpkin of a friend, Solanacea is the Latin name for the deadly but all-natural nightshade plant. You can remind her that she ought to stick to proven science and medicine as you rush her to the closest stomach pump facility. In nature reside both the power to heal and the power to kill. True wisdom is knowing the difference and not falling for the myth that some sentient mother nature will cajole you into long, prosperous life. Reality is that the universe is rather indifferent to your existence or non-existence and nature can become a double-edged sword when an earth-vexing ignoramus blindly ignores facts. Now, go forth, my friend, and remember, knowledge is power. And the one who knows wins. Until next time. You're listening to Left at the Valley on CIVL 101.7 FM.
it's also taught us, just in my lifetime, an enormous amount more about how little we know, because we have a, a now an increasingly large idea of the fantastic expanse of the, un, the unknown. That's precisely the moment at which to say that skepticism is what's necessary. Inquiry, debate, doubt. Where's faith in this? Where's the usefulness of faith there? There's no use to it at all. And we're back with Dr. Randy Tyson of the Legion of Reason. Thank you so much, Randy, for being with us. Yeah, it's, been, it's, it's awesome. Uh, but you can't see me, but I'm doing air guitar right now. <laughs> well, I can certainly picture it. <laughs> All right, so well, let's, t- oops, let's talk today about the Legion of Reason. And uh, we've talked very briefly in the introduction there about uh, what you guys did in the show. You guys have over, what, over 150 episodes up to date, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, and you can you know find us on iTunes, The Legion of Reason. Just look us up there or on any uh, pretty much any podcast. I've lost count of how many podcatchers I've spread this thing out on. We've, we've also moved to uh, YouTube, uh, making this a video uh, or vidcast. And you know, I have, I'm blessed if I can appropriate a word from the, the religious uh, with several uh, great co-hosts, uh, Christine Shelska and Twyla and Nathan Phelps, who you might know from the Westboro Baptist Church. He's the yes. son of uh, the late Fred Phelps, who was the leader of that church. What a fantastic story his is. Yeah, he's got his own story, and uh, to tell it, it's, it's, a, it's a heartbreaking one, really. And he's, I kind of sometimes feel like he's making amends for uh, you know, being a part of uh, that uh, church. Mm. Which was not his fault. He was born into it. You know, it, it's it's something that he escaped from as soon as he could. Now I can understand there are atheists all over the world, um, but Calgary to have a very popular podcast show in Calgary was kind of a surprise to me. Um, I mean, you guys bump into a lot of you know. I mean, I I think of Calgary as our Texas. Cowtown. Yeah, it's our it's our yeah. version of Texas. Well, you know, it's actually not that bad. We're actually probably in the Forty-four percentile of, uh, of secular people. Mm. You know, so it's an it's an an oasis like Edmonton is as well. And you, but you step one foot outside of Calgary or Edmonton, and, and you're in Jesus Land. It's it's an amazing demarcation. Uh, of course, you know the, we have a <laughs> with a, a, you know it's kind of uh, not a selling point for Alberta, but there's a Creation Museum uh, towards oh, Drumheller, which has the fantastic. Royal Terrell Museum. Have you ever natural. been to the Creation Museum yourself? Yeah, there's a Creation Museum out there. Have you ever been there yourself? No, I've been. That's totally a show. It. Uh, it's not open that often. It's out of some guy's garage. But oh, oh, oh! It's we're, re- not, we're not talking. Uh, it's really legitimate level of uh, <laughs> of Creation Museum. We're talking, uh, you know, something you'd see expect to see from some backwater. Okay, so this guy's not like Ken Ham North. He's just... He uh, <laughs> doesn't have the same money, that's for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, no. So, so, so Calgary is essentially a bit of a, like you said, a, a, the, the situation is a bit like urban versus rural down there. Yes, absolutely, and, and it votes that way, too. I mean, it, it's more conservative outside of, out of Calgary than inside of Calgary. I mean, there, there are liberal MPs from Calgary. Yeah, even the, you know, the mayor of Calgary is actually a Muslim fellow, he's not. Yes, he is, and uh, a fantastic mayor. He's only disappointed me a couple times. One was when, uh, after the Supreme Court decision, uh, in, uh, you know, regarding prayer prior to city council meetings in Saguenay, Quebec, and I had no idea they were doing prayer before meetings here in Calgary. Uh, had I known, I would have been 
uh, right there uh, taking them to uh, task, uh, you know, whatever legal route I could. That's, that's uh, in a secular country such as Canada, that is, that is simply not uh, excusable. excusable. Yeah, I, w- I would totally, uh, totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. So, so mm, what else? About? Okay, so um, I kind of wanted to do a quick. Uh, I, I'm asking about Calgary because I kind of wanted to do a quick analysis, I guess, of um, and you guys join in, uh, please. Um, what do you guys feel? Uh, you heard Randy explain how Calgary is. Do you feel we have a very similar situation here in BC? I mean, we, you know, I don't know about you guys, but my my feeling of BC, we always think about BC as this liberal hippie place. I don't think it is at all. Maybe on the like on the very coast, but as soon as you're a tad inland, like we are here in Abbotsford, it turns very conservative. Yeah, or as we like to put it, it's the the buckle of the Bible Belt. Oh yeah, it is. But I, it, it certainly is. But in some ways, changing remarkably. And to give ourselves a little pat on the back, I really think we're in some ways responsible for people understanding that uh, we may be atheists and humanists, but we're still good people. And um, in in terms of the broadcast, in terms of our meetings every week and having the lectures, we've exposed people to who we are and what it is that we believe. Not that they approve of us 100%, but at least they are not, I don't think in the, in the last three years, I think they're they're really more accepting uh, to to our values and, and what we stand for. Are you saying that we single-handedly had left the valley of turning the province liberal? Is that what you're saying? No, I don't think <laughs> single. I, I, I wish I could say single-handedly, but I do think that in terms of our being visible and uh, talking to other people and actually saying I'm a humanist, I think it has uh, helped bring people who were perhaps reticent uh, of acknowledging their lack of faith or their being an agnostic. I think we've made it possible for other people to express their uh, express their liberal views as well. Yeah, because uh, we're about as uh, exposed as we can be because, like I said, I, I have a face for radio. So we're not doing the TV show anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> like That's why you got me, Kevin. <laughs> like uh, Dr. Dyson. He's so modest. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I came from Saskatchewan uh, about a year and a half ago, moved to Chilliwack and found out my mayor was a young earth creationist. I was like, yeah, okay, great. In, in uh, Saskatchewan? No, no in, in Chilliwack. Chilliwack. In Chilliwack? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Just, just, just had to pick that place, eh? Just when, yeah, exactly. Just when you think it gets a... So, uh, so Randy, uh, one of the things you uh, in the intro I uh, spoke about you, you're uh, very interested in the um, dying with uh, dignity uh, issue. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think you know there was a, a Supreme Court decision last year which struck down the law prohibiting uh, assisted suicide, and people I think thought that the war was over. Uh, I think they're kidding themselves. We are now entering into a new phase of it, and it will start. It's already starting. Uh, the Forces that are uh, that oppose physician-assisted dying are already maneuvering their troops. They're just waiting for the first shot to be fired, and that will be with the legislation probably at the end of this month that will appear uh, in the House of Commons, and that's when the legal uh, battles will begin. Well, that, that's, and this uh, that's will come a... from the, as you said, you know, there's there's Catholic hospitals in Vancouver, there's Catholic hospitals in Edmonton. In Saskatoon, Calgary, most of the country has them, and they're already stating that they will not perform physician-assisted dying services, despite their having the majority of palliative care beds. 
Well, that's interesting because uh, if I don't have the numbers with me here, but last I talked to Wanda Morris, who's the CEO of Dying with Dignity, the majority of the population is overwhelmingly uh, saying, yes, this is something that needs that's to true. happen. Uh, but I, I don't like to talk about polls when we're talking about human rights because I don't think that they are relevant. Uh, if you're violating somebody's rights, it doesn't matter how popular that violation may be, it's still a violation of somebody's rights. Uh, that's a very fair statement. And so the problem is is that they hold most of the palliative care beds where people would probably be, or the, most of the requests for physician, physician assisted dying services would be made. And these hospitals are already saying we're not going to respect these people. We're, we're going to refuse. So the Catholic are essentially on the war path against the uh, dying with dignity movement. You think? Oh, you better believe it. Uh, just you know, subscribe to Archdiocese of Toronto's Twitter feed, uh, and you can you'll just watch every day. There's a, a you know a tweet thing. Please talk to your MP, etc. Yeah, exactly. You know what? That's exactly <laughs> the same music I use. <laughs> often when I talk about the Catholic Church. So, you know, we have our own bishop here, Bishop Fred Henry. I don't know if you know about him. No, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with Bishop Henry. Oh, he's a piece of work. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll tell you this. I Every time he talks about a social issue, I'm guaranteed to disagree with him vehemently. Oh, and, so that's a sure bet, right? Yeah, it's a sure bet. 20 it's, bucks. It's they are so backwards on social progress that, that it is. I mean, you know, just... Just look at what uh, the Pope did the other day. Uh, we still think that uh, homosexual unions and uh, you know, gay sex and and even divorce are evil, but we'll welcome you anyway. Uh, well, thanks a bunch. Well, <laughs> you, you, know? You, you know, I, I put that on the Facebook post the other day, uh, you know, because people, as soon as uh, Frankie there says something, and people are just, oh, he's such a great Pope. Well, you know what? Oh. He, he says a lot, but nothing's changed. The no. policies, the doctrine, it's still the same, you know? The people are still dying of AIDS in, in, in Africa, and they haven't done squat about it. So he comes in, he flashes the media, everybody loves him for five, ten minutes, and then they forget that nothing has changed at all about it. Well, so, well point to me any anything that the Catholic Church has done to even prevent the uh, uh, huge scandals uh, with Priestly, priestly pedophilia over the last, well, actually centuries, it's not even decades. It, it, what have they done to prevent further uh, such tragedies? And I don't think you can point to a single thing. No, and I totally agree. I mean, uh, and uh, like I, uh, I believe this is a quote from actually Belmar. He said, you know, if you were any uh, part of any other club, like a political club or anything like that, that was uh, responsible for so much misogyny and barbarism and homophobia, you would have resigned in protest. But the church is the church. You're still, you know, giving them money. And that money, you vote with your money, right? That's right. And so this it, death with dignity thing isn't legal anywhere in Canada? It's legal in Quebec right now, I think. Mm. I was under the impression it's legal in quite a bit of uh, states. In the United States, is that correct? No. What is? The, the dying with dignity? Yeah. It's only legal in a couple of states in, Washington. in the U.S. I think Washington and Oregon, Oregon. but I don't know which other. California as well. California, yeah. I looked it up uh, just the other day, and there was a handful of them. So oh. that's why I was that, asking. So, uh, the, you know, the number of physician-assisted suicides that are committed in the states where it is not legal is about the same. So it, this is happening regardless of whether it's legal or not. Like abortion, yeah. No, I'm I'm talking physician-assisted dying. It's it's happening. You know. No, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter if they make it legal or not. It's still happening. Oh right? yeah, yeah, absolutely. And 
And it, might as well make it safer. So make it safer, make it open so that physicians are not uh, legally, you know, being charged with murder, which it, I don't think under any definition it should be labeled murder. Yeah, and you know, I totally understand because uh, my father passed away two years now, two years ago already. My God, time flies. And uh, when he he, uh, he died of pancreatic cancer, and on his last day in the hospital there, uh, I could see pancreatic cancer is one of those cancers you don't want to have. It's You suffer a great deal. And uh, he, I could see he was suffering. And I found myself going to the doctor and say, look, I know this is probably not something, you know, I should be asking you, but is there something you can give him to, you know, kill him in a way in a sense speed it up speed it up so he can just you know pass on and not not have to suffer so i i can understand why people would feel so strongly about the, this issue well, what's blowing my mind is that the united states has it legal they i always think of canada as being a, at least a little bit more progressive or advanced than the united states but that's why i was so surprised I think I think I think the the northern United States is probably a bit more progressive than Canada. We're in the middle, and then you have the southern states. <laughs> it's yeah, a nice yeah, Mississippi, <laughs> and then you have and then you have Alberta, right? No, no, yeah. just kidding. <laughs> Alberta, it's true. There were this this province is the least socially advanced of any in the country. Uh, Quebec usually leads. Uh, there have been a few uh, right weird from my home province having the crucifix <laughs> in the uh, Quebec National Assembly, but. Yeah, uh, that that was a hell of a battle. Uh, that whole thing. Uh, you guys might remember that. Yeah, too. I, I love that. You, that whole thing with the religious symbols that uh, people who are working in the public service can't wear, but they can wear it if it's small, but not if it's too big. You know what constitutes too big, and what about that big, giant piece of cross that's in the Quebec National Assembly? Well, that's historical. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think I think the, uh, the, uh, the the law, when they were trying to pass it, was almost a good thing. You know, as your government representatives, you're supposed to be neutral towards these things. But yeah. if you're going to be like that, you have to be neutral towards everybody. It means you have to remove that Christian cross as well, too. And I, I would have been, if they would have worded that law like that, I would have been for it 100%. But they didn't, so unfortunately... That's why I was so happy when I found out that there was that guy. I think he was in Vancouver. It was in BC anyway. It's when he got his uh, driver's license picture taken. Oh, the colander. That was wonderful. The spaghetti strainer was awesome. <laughs> I can see you one of those, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> also, one of the things you uh, really uh, <laughs> fight a lot against uh, there, Randy, is uh, the uh, regressive oh, left. Uh, so, sorry, did I could just call you Henry? <laughs> no, no. I was saying that other than Bishop Henry, uh, you know, he's the, every time he opens his mouth, I've got to got to talk about him. So I'm gonna <laughs> Google that guy later. <laughs> we'll have to. Oh, well, do, definitely do. He actually, you know, he said after the fact that this was the biggest mistake he'd ever made. But he actually hired a priest to put in a parish who had been convicted of pedophilia, without telling the parishioners. Well, wow. You know, you know, it's kind of funny because we actually spoke to uh, Bishop Henry, and we actually have a uh, his uh, plan of attack. You want to hear his plan of attack uh, oh, against uh, the the church? Hold on, let me play that. Crush your enemies. Ah. See them driven before you, and they hear the lamentation of the women. That is- that's uh, that's totally genuine. <laughs> you just love that clip, don't you? Yeah, I love that clip. One of you've been fighting uh, recently, uh, Randy, the uh, what they call the regressive left. Activism. Oh yeah, we now regressive left is a term that was uh, coined by Majid Nawad, uh, who's a you know wrote a book with Sam Harris, and 
what it is is basically uh, people that are very leftist-leaning who are actually turning back the clock on social issues rather than advancing them forward. Uh, For instance, uh, one of the things that that is coming up is things like safe uh, safe spaces. Yes, and university campuses. Yeah, on university campuses. This is happening in the States. I'm not aware of it happening up here, but I'm not going to wait for it to start. <laughs> uh, you know, people are saying, well, we, we can't talk about uh, contentious ideas in a university environment, which, of course, is exactly where we should be discussing these ideas, because it might offend somebody's sensibilities. Well, who cares? Yeah. You know, this is, this is, as long as you're not doing it in a bullying fashion, you know, this is supposed to be respectful discourse. Uh, if you're offended by it, uh, what it means to me is that, I shouldn't say you, but I mean, if someone's offended by it, it, what it means to me is that they need to examine it more, not run away from it. Yeah, and I, I don't know where this came out, this idea came that you had the right uh, not to be offended. Yeah. I always say I'm offended that you're offended. Yeah, it just, <laughs> it just gets round and round and round. You go, and uh, it's just offense. I've always said uh, uh, something similar to Stephen Fry, is Offense to me doesn't mean anything. It's uh, it's it's a non-reason for me to stop uh, stop presenting my idea because it, it's what is it that offends you about it? But the offense itself. I mean, there could there can be situations where offense is legitimate, but it's not the offense itself, uh, the offensive feeling itself that should be stopping people from talking. There's got to be a reason behind it. If it's just oh, I'm offended. It becomes a uh, discussion stopper. Well, I'm very, very left-wing. I would identify myself as, I guess, a democratic socialist, and I didn't even know what this regressive left thing was, and then when I found out about it, now I understand why people on Facebook are calling me Islamophobic. I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> That's another term. It's, it's stopping you from discussing Islam. I mean, people conflate this idea of, of uh, people and ideas. They bunch them together into one thing, which, where, so that if you are criticizing the idea, they take it as criticizing the person. Well, and I criticize Christianity, Judy, everything, but when yeah. I do it with Islam, then they, then they, well, I'm religionophobic, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the thing is, phobia is a, an irrational fear. I think that that's a rather irrational one. Yeah, I didn't, people, I kept seeing it on Facebook, they're like, oh, Islamophobia, and I could not figure out what that was, so this is kind of, this whole regressive left thing is, is pretty new to me, so I uh, subscribed to your uh, thing on YouTube, your podcast yesterday, so I'll have to take a yeah, look at more videos like that. is another one, where, did you see the video of this uh, student that was harassed at a uh, university in the United States because he was wearing dreads, he was white, and a black woman was haranguing him because he was appropriating that hair uh, from black culture. Yeah, okay. What? <laughs> it just gets ridiculous. Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I had no idea that you weren't allowed to... Uh... Okay. <laughs> I'm stumped. I don't know what to say here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pure insanity. What do you say? It's mock. It's, it's only mock-worthy. I'm mock getting dreadlocks it. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the dreadlocks are, are mockery-worthy for another reason, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> style. Um... You know, the, the, these these things are just you know, hideous. But uh, man buns, that's another one. That <laughs> let's, that. let's not go there. Let's not go there. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't talk about those things. Because, you know what, if somebody wants to wear a dreads, you know, whatever, 
I, you know, even if I find them kind of hideous, it, it's not my, it's not my thing. It's it's that person's thing. I have my own things, right? So we're free to do whatever we want. But to you know, especially with hairstyles, come on. Yeah, I it, heard it, this this uh, nice take on man buns. Uh, somebody was referring to it actually as douche donut, and I like that actually <laughs> oh, so much more. Geez. Douche donut. I'm glad I brought it up. But <laughs> Well, this whole thing about cultural appropriateness it, it drives me nuts. It's if you if you make tacos um, and you you don't happen to be Latin or, or Mexican or, or come from Mexico, all of a sudden you're appropriating part of their culture. So it it gets to the point that you you are be, you become criticized by the regressive left for practically everything you wear, everything you eat, everything you look at, um, b because you're not part of that of that particular culture. Yeah. I can't, I mean, the, the fact that there's actually anybody that gives this any credibility at all astounds me. It just, it, it's just ridiculous in the face of it. And one of the side effects of this is people don't realize that uh, th this actually gives fuel to the uh, movement on the other side. You know, the movement that says uh, there's reverse racism? Mm -hmm. This yeah, that's this what fuels I was it. Bring up. Yeah. yeah, this this is exactly what fuels it because all of a sudden you know, oh, what do you mean I can't I can't make I can't wear dreads? You know what is this reverse racism? It, it just anyway it just well the, it, it comes from this uh, definition of racism you know, redefined in sociology in some uh, some uh, social science circles in a very Marxist and postmodernist way, which means it's crap. But uh, <laughs> it's it's this prejudice plus power. You can't if you are a member of a demographic which holds up the power, which uh, just so happens to be, if you're white, uh, you cannot be racist, or sorry, uh, a non-white cannot be racist to a uh, white person, no matter what they do. And I just actually did a video on that yesterday, and it's insane. Hmm. Yeah, I, it, it totally is. I mean, God knows we did it. We did a show, of, one of our first shows actually was actually uh, about racism with Ken Horrard. Remember that, Nancy? Were you there the other day? No, I wasn't. Okay, well, yeah. we, we should bring him back. Yeah. Perfect. All right, well, we're getting towards the end of our show. Randy, I'm giving you the mic. It's all yours. Go right ahead, my friend. Be shameless. Plug yourself. Plug the Legion of Reason. Go for it. Well, we have an absolutely awesome podcast. I usually call myself the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson. There's a story behind the irreverent part, but I can't do that right now. I like it. Uh, you know, it's, it's all about the intersection of skepticism, humanism, and atheism, and you can join us, uh, uh, me, along with my co-hosts, uh, Christine, uh, Twyla, and Nate, and we go, we have a lot of great guests. We've had Jerry Coyne, we've had Peter Bogosian, we've had Victor Stanger, that kind of thing. So uh, come join us. Find us on www.legionofreason.com or look for us on iTunes and Facebook. Excellent, excellent. Uh, and YouTube. And YouTube. And YouTube. Yeah. And YouTube. Yeah, YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Legion of Reason YouTube channel. The, the gentleman is Dr. Randy Tyson from Legion of Reason. One last little thing i got to ask you, Randy. Would you, be so, would you be so kind to give us a shameless plug? Can you say something like, Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Tyson from Legion of Reason, and I took a left at the valley? Uh, I am the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson, and I took the left turn at the valley. <laughs> Thank you so much, Randy. That's Thanks great. Thanks for having me on. It's been it's been a slice. Until next time. Bye bye. Oh, well, what a great guest! That takes us to the end of our show. Oh, let's have him back on yeah. a regular basis. That's oh, funny. we totally should. Larry. 
Well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Coming up next week, we actually have Jody Emery. Ooh, you know, know, the wife of the Mark Emery, the Prince of Pot. We'll be discussing the whole marijuana thing going on. We should have our Childhood Obesity show coming up soon. I don't have the schedule with me. You'll just have to listen in and tune up and find out. Or look up on our website. Yeah. www.leftatthevalley.com You can send us an email at leftatthevalleyatoutlook.com or leftatthevalley at gmail.com You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Handle is at LETV Podcast. And you can find us right here every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. And you're most welcome. And bring friends. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Outside. Until next time.